handsome contest. All right, y'all. So big news. Um, we got verbal confirmation from Compass Rose that we are officially going to be sponsored by them. So the papers need to be drawn up, but we are as official as it can get. Boys, Let's we're doing go. And yeah, so, so as long as that's the kind of part that we that we beep out, right? Yeah, that'll be blurred out. Yeah. <laughs> we'll oh, yeah, yeah. For... Cheers to that, though. That's awesome, man. Cheers. Right? I need to get right? A drink. Joe, That's you need to awesome. turn your mic down. I need to turn it down. A hair. Monopoly should definitely be a t-shirt. I was design. thinking about that the other day too. I think a lot about this stuff when I'm in the car driving. Yeah, you gotta get you gotta get an Alexa in your car so you can just be like, Alexa, got this down. <laughs> I think we just need uh, Bill O'Brien back. Oh, yeah. uh, our our intern, John Gruden's been doing a good job ever since. Getting- yeah, we haven't hired him yet. You know, uh, yeah, he's trying to get a job with us yeah brent about uh bill o'brien i burned that bridge yeah we probably shouldn't reach out to him okay okay yeah yeah i, I forgot about some of the behind the scenes stuff uh, i mean if there's any person to burn a br- burn a bridge with bill o'brien's probably the one you know yeah. i mean, I mean not the best track look record. look joe did say decaf okay and, yeah. and, when, and when you come you know with a caffeinated coffee you you gotta get the you know you know well, when, levels he can only drink coffee at a certain time in the day exactly you're gonna feel the beast man. right if you're messing with my sleep pattern you're dead to me you're just you're just asking for it it's like messing with a with a bull with horns you know what i mean like right so um i don't drink coffee so i don't have any problems with yeah, yeah i had really no problems yeah for no, us like, this really was this was before your coffee. i think uh Bill O'Brien was before your time. Yeah. Um, so we were cool. I had no qualms with him. Yeah. So he, I did. I, he won't he, be back. Here. He brought thin limes, though. I'm more of a thick lime type of guy. Yeah. So you know, that, 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 that was one. It's kind of like, a, it depends on the person. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you no, know, everyone kind of, some people do their F's differently than others. Yeah. You know, they do that kind of little weird line. And it's just, it's kind of one of the ways it is. But uh, this is another cold intro for the guys who talk about sports. Brought to you on all platforms by Anchor and our new verbal agreement with Compass Rose. So happy about that. As you guys heard some bits and pieces of, because we're definitely not going to keep that whole conversation in just for uh, all the listeners out there. But we're really happy about some stuff we have on, on the horizon with them and Anchor and hopefully some more. Uh, you know, if only Amazon, Amazon Music, I just have to say, is trying to silence the guys who talk about sports. Because they will not let us get on their platform for no reason. Come on, Bezos. I, I mean, our third-party consulting firm has been working with them for a while. It's probably Jeff Bezos. He's just jealous. You know, we, we got we got a lot of alpha in this uh, podcast. I'm sure he's intimidated by that. But this is episode 70, guys. Congratulations on that, by the way. Episode 70. We're into the 70s. Like you guys were saying last week, apparently there's some good ones out there. You know, it's a lot, a lot easier than 60. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. As always, I'm sorry. You know, I haven't done the intro in a couple of weeks, so just work with me. As always, we are joined by Faraz, Joe, and Zach, myself, the Mojo Man. So happy to be here. You know, uh, football season has been over for a couple of weeks. We're all starting to kind of come out of our shells a little bit. And, uh, you know, um, I think we're, we've, we've finished licking our wounds and we're, we're kind of ready for uh, the next stage. We've been talking about um, some draft stuff, some rankings. Joe's got some rankings for us today uh what was the uh position you had for us today was that a 
We got the offensive lineman today. Um, I'm calling My it the favorite. I'm calling it the big boy bonanza. Um, you know, I'm I'm pretty stoked about talking all things offensive line, interior and exterior offensive linemen. Um, we're gonna get to that, but first, hey, we're talking offensive linemen today. We got number 70. Bring it to me, boys. What do you got? I'm going Zach Martin. Wait, is it current players or it's all time. All time. I'm going. I'm going old, old school. Sam Huff. Fuck you. Back in the day. Fuck you, Faraz. <laughs> God damn. Were you looking over my shoulder? You son no, of a bitch. You know I. Oh. oh man, he's one of my favorites. I love Sam Huff. I don't love you right now. <laughs> I feel like you could just name any current offensive lineman. I mean, I think you got a one in five shot. You know, a little bit harder than that. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, I can't. I can't think of another seventy that I can think of right at the top of my head. Art Donovan. Makai Beck needs seventy-seven, which is tough. Zach, who'd you got? Art Donovan. Where does he play? He played. Played for. Old Artie. Played for. Your guess is as good as mine right now. Let me do some more research. Oh, wasn't Howie Long number seventy? No, he was 75. Alex, I feel like Alex Macker. Nah, he was 51. Hey, hold on, hold on. Art Donovan what? nicknamed the Bulldog. Hey, hey the football hey, defensive bark, tackle. Bark. Wasn't uh, Clay Matthews' Colts. father? 74. Uh, oh, Jim Marshall, Cleveland. There's Minnesota, a lot of Matthews, though. Nice. Yeah, there, there are plenty of Matthews. Just throw any first name out there, Matthews, and people will. I, I will think will people come. would assume. If we build yeah. it. Yeah. Friday night, I'm thinking that we just might fly away to someplace they don't know who we are. Now I'm riding shotgun in your car. We drive through the city like explorers going 65. Blowing hair flying across your face. We left on Friday, now it's Saturday. Press jeans buttoned up, jeans iron slipping up. Red shoes walking slow, headphones flaring three stacks. Sunglasses flaring out, dick watch hanging low. Studded belt pulled top. Three stacks on the radio, Friday night. I'm thinking that we just might run away to some place we we can be who we are. We can be who we are. It's the guys who talk about sports, presented by Anchor. He hoofed and he puffed and he signed an eviction notice. So one topic I wanted to just just right off the bat get into Kyler Murray. You guys see the statement that his agent put out? I skimmed it. Talk to me. Yeah, first of all, I couldn't read it. The font was really tiny. And at the <laughs> bottom, at the bottom, he they put a picture of him celebrating. I was just like, what is going on? I've never seen a statement like this. But I don't know. I, I don't like I don't like what Kyler's doing, man. I don't know. I'm sorry. No. I don't like this at all. I understand from like a from his side of it, you know, in a business standpoint, he's got some leverage, I guess. You know, he's riding off of, of an incredible season, which ended horribly, though. We can't forget about that. But 
right? He's I, not he's not a second half player. He he. Re, I mean, and, and I mean second half. Yeah. I mean second half of the season. Season, yeah. Closers. Same with uh, Kingsbury, who they just extended. I don't know if you guys saw that. I saw that today. They they extended the head coach and the GM. Really? Yeah. And, I mean, and, <clears throat> wait. Also, another interesting tidbit: Kyler and uh, Kingsbury. They got the same agent. That's what I was gonna bring up. Yeah, I don't. So there's like there's a lot of like factors that come into this. But um, all I gotta say really is, I don't know. Maybe I was living under a rock at the time, but I didn't see Josh Allen's statement. I didn't see. Uh, <laughs> right. I didn't. I didn't see a Mahomes statement. I'm pretty sure Joe Bo- Joe Burrow is not gonna. Be, I haven't seen a Lamar Jackson statement. Yeah. Why? Well, like, I, the fact that Kyler already feels like entitled to just do that. It's a it's a big power play. Right. I'm really interested to see how it plays out. I mean, I I couldn't agree more. I think that Kyler's playing it. He's either setting the standard of how quarterbacks are going to negotiate in the future, or he's completely fucking himself over. I feel like it's, it's no, there's no in between here. He's, he's either going to, you know, it's, it's either going to work super well and quarterbacks are going to follow or, you know, even players in the league are going to follow that example of just kind of, you know, being entitled and and making, you know, making it clear to the public what his feelings are, or it's going to completely backfire and he's going to be traded or he's going to, you know, not get the money that affecting and, you know, he won't be on the Cardinals. So. I feel like it's one of those situations where it's another example of Kyler Murray and, and yes, it is. If it's a power play, I, I, I don't know what Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray's relationship is within this matter. Cause you guys remember correctly, the coaches didn't get paid after they lost that playoff game. So the owners are like historically like cheap, the owner for the Cardinals, they didn't get a paycheck after they lost. That's how mad he was. He said, no, you don't get paid. Wait, seriously? Yeah. They have the same agent, yeah. same agent. Some kind of power play, and Cliff Kingsbury just got paid. Yeah. They know they're going to have to pay Kyler Murray, too. Maybe it's just some kind of power play that, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a business. And the second the team doesn't want a player, they will do anything to get rid of him. So it's something you got to take into consideration. But I think it's another example of Kyler Murray maybe possibly showing how maybe self-centered and selfish he possibly is. You know, there's the body language stuff in the playoff game. Which we've talked about talked about mid game when we're watching it like we picked up on it it's just another example of something where you're just like maybe a red flag something to take note of but at the end of the day he can make it through a season healthy he he is dynamic and he's young he's young so gotta take that into consideration too and we'll be back after these nice messages about our sponsors i definitely think that kingsbury and murray are but like buddy buddies though they gotta be the same represent I, i don't know i think so I think they definitely have, hopefully, some kind of good relationship. You would, you would hope so. I think Kingsbury only got a job because the Cardinals knew they were going to draft Murray. Wasn't he there for Josh Allen though? No, it was that um Steve Wilkes guy. One, one and done. New, new coach, new quarterback. What's that next year? And then they got this opportunity to draft Kyler Murray. Props to them for going for it. As a GM, because the GM got read up too. Like, I guess you got to respect that. You know, he he wasn't afraid to admit he was wrong. Was re- that re- Steve re- Wilkes? Re- Steve Wilkes. Yeah, that was the coach. Yeah, who they had before Kim oh, yeah. But I think Kime is his name, the GM, Steve Kime. Yeah. Um. 
Apparently he's a good dude, the bald dude. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you got to respect that. He's he admitted he was like, "Yo, I fucked up. We're not going to try to be the Bears and like just play it through with Pace and uh, Nagy. You know, we're we're redoing it out. We're redoing it immediately. And I mean, it's worked so far. You got you know they've only gotten better. And Kyler is good. And their offense is good, but I don't know. Kingsbury has a history of uh, second half season collapses. If you look at every single one of his years as a coach, they collapse in the second half every year, like badly. It's not so. He's got a he's got something to prove too. Absolutely, I think, uh, and I think Kyler Murray has something to prove too. And I, I don't know necessarily how much leverage he has in the situation, which is why I think it's interesting. And maybe they're just kind of it's a power move by the agent who recognizes he's in a situation where he has both the coach and the quarterback and the G the GM or the owner is known for being chief, you know? I just feel like any competent quarterback nowadays has a ton of leverage because the demand for a good quarterback is so it's high. To, you need a quarterback. Yeah. But he's got the injury concern now. He's got the whole self-centered. He's small. He's on the around. smaller side. He's small. Maybe if he had a better coach, possibly, you know, I mean, I don't, know how much i like cliff kingsbury necessarily because of his play style and how he has collapsed in the second half of the season not just kyler murray you know zach you have any more thoughts on this well i i think young young coach young quarterback going through some growing pains i mean i is it about the money i mean i don't i don't know it's definitely a red flag i mean for us it's like Josh Allen's not running to get more money right now, and Lamar's not asking for more money. I mean, they know they'll get it. Like, I mean, I, I, like, what what are they gonna do? Draft another wide receiver in the first round? Them? I mean, like, I was looking. They were you know, mock draft from Mel Kuyper had them taking Chris Olave, the uh, state wide receiver, and I was, I just, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, they they have Christian Kirk, they have D Hop. They have uh, Rondell Moore. Like, why would they need more receipts? They just got Zach Ertz. I think he just wants money. I, that's all I can see. Why else would he be doing this? Like, No, but why would you be going for Chris Olave? It's also Mel Kuyper, too. Yeah, I can't sell my stand him. I thought he knew what he was talking about, but I realized. He has the Jets. He has the – I'm sorry to – No, let, no. Yeah, who he does the he have Jets the Jets taking – He has Thibodeau dropping to the Jets. He has him taking Kyle Hamilton. Which, no way. Why would? Wait, is that the Pass- Purdue guy? Kyle Hamilton's Notre Dame guy. Who the safety, very good. who I He's like a good. lot, who I like very a lot. Good. But pass rushers are few and far between. I've seen a lot of people saying uh, Thibodeau is going to slide, though. I've seen that. And if he slides, you why take would he him? slide? Every some people were saying he was going to be the number one overall pick, and now it's sort of shifted towards season, Evan Neal. It's all about his quote unquote fire for the game. It's all bullshit. I swear to God. I think he's fucking really good. I also sort of feel like you may you might have some Jamal Adams PTSD. I don't th- I don't think you want to see the Jets draft in a safety. High. Jamal Adams and Marcus May. You're absolutely right about that. Yeah. I'd rather go to corner. I'd rather I'd rather if a pass rusher like Thibodeau falls to you, you can't pass up on that. Hold on, Brent. This is something that we tend to forget every single draft. That when when you're drafting, you draft the best player available. That changes so fluidly like who's the best player available depending on what everybody does in front of you so if you say you know Thibodeau falls well I mean if Thibodeau falls I mean somebody else values somebody else higher right so like 
if that's the best player available, then I absolutely take him. You know, and I think that's the best way, especially in like the early rounds. I feel like that's the way you have to approach it. You can address your depth in, you know, four, five, six, seven, but I feel like you need to draft talent in the first two rounds. Here's my thing with the Jets. They have so many different holes to fill. They need alignment. They need a corner. They do need a safety. They also need a pass rusher. It's just like we probably need a true number one receiver. It's, the list goes on and on and on and on. So my thing is, to your, to your point, Zach, if a guy like Thibodeau falls, you don't pass up on him. My perfect Jet scenario, if you don't get Thibodeau, is you get either Iquanu, you get Sauce Gardner or Stingley, or you get uh, Lindeberg. You come out with a corner and alignment. You can't get a pass rush. That's my perfect Jet scenario. The one thing I also noticed is, like, the thing about, like, unfortunately about with like pass rushers especially if they play like on one side of the ball is offenses can just scheme around that you know there's only so much an edge rusher can do if you're surrounded if you're not surrounded with that much we saw we saw it happen with chase young i know his season got cut short early but you could tell that offenses schemed and game planned around not letting chase young eat and so also quentin williams yeah is he in is he an interior guy yeah okay so that's yeah yeah Yeah. and and you're absolutely right about that, which is why there's big talks about the Jags maybe taking Hutchinson instead of a lineman. Imagine pairing up Josh Allen and Aiden Hutchinson. That'd be amazing, but I think the Jags would be stupid not drafting Evan or Evan Neal. That's his name, right? The uh, the lineman. Yeah. They yeah they need they need to do whatever they can to help Lawrence out. I mean, they're and they're getting ETN back, but does that even what does that mean? You know. That is that that is interesting. Yeah, we never got to see how. How he did in their offense. You, yeah, how do you guys see Trevor Lawrence doing next year? Or the Jags in general with Doug Peterson? I, I like that signing. I mean, of Doug Peterson, I think he's going to help Trevor Lawrence. I think he's going to actually learn what it's like to be, you know, professional quarterback. So I'm excited to see that development. I'm also excited to see, you know, the offense that's – because if you look at the offense that Doug Peterson built around Carson Wentz, imagine that with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I was about to say. That's kind of what I'm thinking, right? Yeah, Carson Wentz looking like an MVP candidate until he got hurt. So, won a Super Bowl with Nick Bowles. Come on, yeah. You got to put some respect on Doug Peterson's name. As much as people say that they don't, you know, defense isn't, you know, offense is everything in the NFL. Like, you need to score points. I could totally get that. But at some point, you got to stop the other team, you know, in, in – defense ultimately does win championships and um so you know having an offensive you know, focused coach can be a crutch but you know you look at somebody like sean McVay, where you think of him as an offensive minded you know, coach which is probably true yet he has a good d coordinator that he just probably relies on you know same thing with special teams wait did you just bring up sean McVay? yeah did you hear that um that reported offer from Amazon he got, they offered him a crazy amount of money to like go into the booth for them. Like, like, like yeah, it was like a five-year, $100 million deal. So I think that's right. where all those retirement talks are coming from. And he, um, his, his fiance, or yeah, I think it was his fiance. She posted on Instagram. She was like, he's coming back. He said he's coming back. So that's going to be interesting to see too, because I don't think he's one of the highest paid coaches in the league, believe it or not, which is, I think is crazy. <sighs> Turned down 100 million. Yeah, I would, yo, to, to, yeah, to, 
going to boot. Think about think about that. John John Gruden was going to get paid that for ten years coaching. He get paid that for five years talking. That'd be insane. There's no way he's getting seventeen million. He just got renewed. If he's getting seven, all right, then that makes well, sense. Well, it's either the reported eight point five million per season figure makes McVay one of the NFL's highest paid coaches, sitting behind Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, and John Harbaugh, and Matt Rule. Matt Rule. Wait, Look at- wait yeah, Matt Rule. So hold on, let me start with this. Bill Belichick, twelve point five. Pete Carroll, eleven. Harbaugh, nine point eight, and then Matt Rule, eight point eight. Yeah, Rule should definitely not be anywhere near those guys but why is, why is carol that paid that much i don't 11 carol? i mean he's like, been he's been there forever and my question is why isn't tomlin in that conversation that guy hasn't had a losing season until this year right this year was the first losing season for him or was this even a losing season I mean, he makes eight million i mean he makes eight million yeah i mean that's oh, okay that's, he does he does good for himself i mean i think that's like top top 10 still Okay. That's what I'm getting at. You know, to have Matt Rule over him, the fuck. Who's Matt Rule's agent? If you think about it, though, Joe. I don't know. I'm about to get him my to be my agent. So it's probably like reset the market. I'm sure Tomlin's contract's probably expiring like a year or two, and uh, he'll probably get more. He, I bet he was in the top like five or top three or whatever like two or three years ago. You know what I mean? His agent's name is uh, Trace Armstrong. I need to get in touch with him. Did, did, did anybody see that? <laughs> it's so funny. Tom Brady went Hollywood. Yeah, Tom Brady. We, we touched on it. We, we teased it last week. So, uh, Roz, you want to get into that a little bit? Yeah, so he's, he's going to produce a movie, and I think he's going to be in it, too. It's about – um, eighty. it's going to be called 80 for Brady, if I remember correctly, and it's about a group of uh, Patriot fans traveling to the Super Bowl. Uh, I believe Super Bowl uh, – 53 if that was in 2017 was it what was it when they played the eagles uh, yeah 2017 because they beat the rams in 18 I'm con- wait is it when they they lost or something i think yeah. so I tom think brady's so. been in the super bowl so far what, what year was it when he got his, jer- his jersey stolen is that the falcons that was uh i think that was the rams that's incredible i'm pretty sure that was the rams here a year later that's the one it should be about Imagine if I just like held up like a Tom Brady jersey. Yeah, with, I remember there's like blood stains on it too and stuff, with grass stains. With the yeah, just imagine just having Zach that. The jersey. You just go some dude south, he just has that hanging on the wall. How do you get that? Don't worry about it. Oh, uh, that was You're good. asking too many questions already. Um, Can so, we talk about the NFL awards yet? No. Yeah, you want to get into that? Fuck yeah. A little bit, yeah. Oh, oh, here we go. Perf. Thank you. Finally, a freaking website just leaves it out for me. We had Aaron Rodgers winning the MVP. I thought Tom Brady's – I thought Tom Brady should get it. I don't know. He led the no, league. No, no. My, my boy Cooper should have got it. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'll argue with you on that. But I don't, think a, I don't think a receiver was going to get that, you know. I'm not going to argue with – having Cooper Cup get it. I think that he was definitely the obvious choice, but I, I don't disagree with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that guy's something else. But I would have liked to have seen Brady get it, you know? Yeah, so for me, when it comes to MVP, like, I just think you take one player off that team, how much better or worse are they going to be, you know? Mm-hmm. 
So if that's the, if that's the, like how we're going by, how like how do you how do you guys think the Bengals would have done without Joe Barrow? Like, we're really getting into stuff like that. That's a great point. I mean, <clears throat> to that, yeah. I mean, exactly. Like the the Bengals were four and twelve last year. You know, um, Joe Burrow got injured, but they were looking good. And you're you're absolutely right. Without Joe Burrow, without his presence, without his ability, the Bengals would have gotten nowhere near it. The issue is that with MVP, the it's it's mostly about stats. It, it you know it's it's not about seemingly it's not about you know if you take this player off it's not about the most valuable player it's about the statistical player i think it sort of became into like a popularity exactly and that was going to be my other point you're exactly right i think that it's become a popularity contest i think that it has to go with a lot of statistics rather than you know those intangibles of you know when joe burrows on the field the Bengals win i mean that's just flat out Besides MVP, we also had, you know, the Offensive Player of the Year was Cooper Cup. Defensive Player of the Year was T.J. Watt. Uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Jamar Chase. Defensive Rookie of the Year, Michael Parsons. Comeback Player of the Year, Joe Burrow. Coach of the Year, Mike Mike Brabrell. I'm out there on that. Then it says their moment of the year was Justin Tucker's 66-yard field goal against the Lions. I'm kind of with that. I dig and that. Also, uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year was Andrew Whitworth of Los Angeles Rams. Specifically with the Walter Payton Man of the Year, I don't think it could have gone to a better person. I think that this was absolutely the right choice for this year. Um, yeah, I liked everything really except for Vrabel. Uh, hey. I don't. Um, I thought Rabel did a hell of a job. Their, their team went through a lot of like turnover. They like they had a lot of injured players. If I'm not mistaken, and COVID hit them and stuff, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, well, I guess they started off super bad, I guess. If I'm remembering correctly. Henry, obviously, their best player. Yeah. Well, I can also see why I could argue that. But, like, who would you give it to if it wasn't Rabel? Um, Zach Taylor. No. no I, I, sort of, I, I think you got kids. No. Maybe McVeigh. I don't know. I wouldn't give it to Zach Taylor. Brent, I wish you could defend me on this. Brent says he thinks Rabel deserved it. Oh, come on. Rabel 100% deserved it. Dude, it's about the the regular season, Zach. The regular season. So what? I tend to forget. I tend to forget. I I know. And it's tough. I know to wrap your brain around. I forgot they were a one seed that lost. Mm -hmm. That's all. It's it's on recency bias. That's all you think. So are about. we saying Cliff Kingsbury should have won it or been in the running then? They fell off at the end of the year. That's true. I don't think Zach Taylor should have won it either. He played well in the playoffs. They snuck into the playoff in, into the playoffs and and played. Well. I guess they won their. Division. They won their division. Okay, okay, okay. All right. That, that, in the division that they haven't won for in years. That doesn't discount my whole point though. That okay. they won the first. Okay. Yes, you are right. And you are if if but if you take the playoffs, that was the first like playoff or like in consideration. That's the first playoff win in 30 years. Yeah. So but that's Joe, playoff. Joe, Mike Frabel, coach of the year. Is that a problem for you? I don't know. It may it may have been influenced by the fact that he has, you know, his star left tackle 
has a huge podcast and talks about how great he is all the time. Could be a factor, may not be, not sure. But based off of <clears throat> pure play this year, no, I don't think so. I don't think that the Titans deserved, or I don't think Mike Vrabel deserves the coach of the year. I think that should have gone to Zach Taylor. I think it should have gone to another option of, you know, even Sean McVay, any coach. Because I don't. Singing my fucking praises. That's what I'm saying, Joe. When you walked away, Joe, Zach said, Zach Taylor, blah, blah, blah. That's just because you have the same name, bro. And he spells it differently, so relax. Hold on one second for Roz. Joe, one thing I will say, though, Vrabel. So the only thing Vrabel is known for is being mentioned on Bustin' with the Boys. That, that's the only he, He's not known for, you know, being one of the greatest linebackers of all time, under one of the greatest coaches of all time, learning from Bill Belichick and controversial, but Urban Meyer at Ohio State. So he learned the Ohio State way. He learned the Bill Belichick way. And now he's doing his own thing after playing in the game. He's also, I mean, I'm sure that doesn't hurt either, but it's not like they're like gassing him up. Like they're saying what he does on a daily basis. You know what I mean? And I think the fact that they dealt with a league, like setting record injuries, like 88 or 90, 92, whatever it was, uh, that's got to play a huge factor into him winning coach of the year and being a high seed, even though they didn't play well in the playoffs it's about the regular season not not the playoffs sure 92 injuries is that like overall like two like one player could have two injuries and that would count towards it they they had 90 they had at least 88 players that were injured and like out of the like they had like a turnovers of like so many players like getting injured and like being off for like a period of time wait so i just want to like add something here this this is me personally. When I look at coach of the year, like I look at like coaches who did like well overcoming like adversity or certain obstacles and stuff like that. So which is why I totally don't think Zach Taylor should have won it at all. He was just riding on his amazing team. He really like didn't have to do much. Whereas opposed Mike Rabel, you know, dealt with a lot of shit. I also think John Harbaugh is a great coach. Um, Kyle Shanahan too. Like let's think about what he has sort of had to deal with. Like I don't know. Tough, but I mean the Titans made the they were the number one seed right in the AFC yeah yeah and then lost right away um, but I I I'm not going to argue with your point for us and Brent I think the point that you're trying to make is that or that you are making is that um, you know yeah sorry I didn't mean to be a dick just then um, it. The, the overcoming of adversity, yes, that is absolutely a huge factor. Um, and you got to win games. So I, I guess I'll concede to Mike Rabel. I don't have a better option. I just think that Zach Taylor is, you know, a hell, hell of a story. Oh, yeah. You know, from, from 4 and 12, you know, with your franchise quarterback, first-round pick overall going down, and then you guys decide to go wide receiver, which was either here or there. I, I don't really know. But for them to come back and go all the way to the Super Bowl and make it a, ga- a game, I mean, that's, that's fucking – that's phenomenal. 
But you're right. I totally understand that it is regular season. The Bengals weren't the first overall or the first um, the first seed. They had a decent season, and then the playoffs they just went off. So um, I'll concede. I'll concede to Mike Vrabel. I think that he's a hell of a coach. I wasn't saying any of that to knock Vrabel down. I just think that there are other factors that go into you know this voting. But let's say you put any other coach though on the Bengals this past season. Do you think they would have done as well? So who are my options? Because like talk any coach. Doug Peterson. You know what? I don't know. I don't. Quite frankly, I don't know because I think that Zach Taylor needs to have more of a body of work for me to make that kind of judgment call. You know what I mean? Um, I mean Tomlin's done it for years. He's one of the best coaches in the league, and. What was that, Brandon? Was, were you laughing at me for saying Mike Tomlin's one of the best coaches in the league, or are you laughing at Zach? Zach, you got to pull it together, man. We got a real sponsor. All right. Yeah, can you please take it off? It looks so fucking dumb. Go back to the um the, the black ones. Okay. Black ones. Yeah, I thought those were real for a second. I can't even. <laughs> um, Zach got COVID. Oh my god, this is all right. All right, I'm good with this. <laughs> These are the best ones. So yeah, apparently Russ isn't going to get traded unless he really forces his way out, which I don't see him doing. Yeah. Other quarterbacks knock off the list, and yeah, I don't see Aaron Rodgers coming here either. So the Commanders, no way. I saw a post about people thinking that Carson Wentz will join the Commanders, and I would be so fucking mad. I've been hearing. I've been hearing. Be against it. I've been hearing Mitchell Trubisky. Against that either. You know what? Okay. You know what's crazy, and I and I want you guys to hear me out. I think it would be a better move for Trubisky than it would be for Wentz. You know he's never thrown a pick six in fifty plus starts. Wentz. Not Trubisky. Trubisky. Really? No, yeah, Wentz. He's, he's also like, thrown thirty-seven picks in fifty starts. Right. So here, l- l- let me make my point. So I- I'm going to give some some props to Carson Wentz. So last year he went 27 for seven touchdowns to interception ratio. It's a hell of a ratio. I dig it. With a incredible running back in Jonathan Taylor. All right. Keep that in mind. They have a, they have one of the best offensive lines, you know, They've got a great running back, 27 and 7. That's a hell of a ratio. I'll take that any day of the week. Now, with all that said, my biggest hesitation is not one, but if this trade happens, two franchises have given up on Carson Wentz. That is scary to me and something that I don't want to risk my money on Okay, if I'm the GM for the Commanders. What happened with Alex Smith? It worked out till he got hurt. Alex Smith is a different story. Alex Smith just kept getting looked over. He was still doing, he was still playing good caliber football. Of the three quarterbacks, would you rather have Garoppolo, Trubisky, or Wentz? Garoppolo. Garoppolo, Trubisky, and then Wentz. I don't think we're getting Garoppolo. I hope we don't get Garoppolo. Um, But I'd, 
I think Trubisky would probably because he just seems so unproven and with the garbage fire of the Bears franchise, you really don't know what you have with him, you know, and for his name to be in a lot of conversation now after a year of sitting, that kind of makes me feel like, okay, maybe there's some stuff that we miss. Uh, me personally, fuck that. I'm I'm running it back with Heineke at that point. If those are my three best options, I'm running it back with Heineke. I'm sorry. That's fair. Or draft. Yeah, I'll draft Malik Willis. I'm sit behind Heineke unless he proves to take over the job. Dude, I've heard a lot of great, you know, bullets about Malik Willis. I've heard a lot of great stuff. In the red zone, he's going to get you a touchdown some way somehow, which I think Washington could really use like he is an amazing red zone threat he's an amazing athlete he's got an actually pretty strong arm too i like me he's just a little raw and i think he needs to sit for a little bit i think heineke would actually be a pretty great guy to sit behind they have sort of the same type of game mm-hmm. run extend plays and then but malice got a better arm than heineke which is exciting yeah absolutely i mean you always want to you always want to look towards the younger you know, crowd when it comes to quarterbacks. Um, but Zach, what's up? So I'm not super stoked about if we get Malik um, simply because he left Auburn because he could get a you know, starting job there and he lands at Liberty. You know, I mean, I just didn't enjoy, I, you know, he, he's good. He's got good arm strength, but playing that kind of competition, I mean, Look at a, a great example is Antonio Gandy Golding. Looked fantastic coming out of Liberty. Guy was like 6'6, like fantastic. And he's a scrub. So I is like, you know what? We we actually spoke about this last week on the podcast. Um and I want no, and I'm actually gonna take what you're saying and I'm going to agree with it wholeheartedly. And I'm going to edit what I talked about last week. So last week we were saying how these quarterbacks from these small schools are, those are the ones you want to go after, right? Because they have to deal with it. A lot of adversity. I want to edit that statement because who is Liberty playing? James Madison, maybe. Yeah. I mean, yeah. When when I'm talking about small schools, you know, Texas Tech, Louisville, those guys are playing ACC conference. They're playing the Big Ten. They're playing the Big 12. They're playing SEC. The smaller schools like that, those if, – if you can shine at a smaller school against super fucking tough competition, that is the quarterback that you want to go with. Yeah, this is specifically pertaining to Malik, but Liberty dogged uh, Virginia Tech last season, or just based on what I was watching. ACC. But, yeah, I I, I completely understand your point, but, I mean. Liberty did not dog them. They beat them by three. I mean, this goes into our point with last week where quarterbacks that play with or are surrounded by people that aren't the guys tend to do better in the NFL. You know what I mean? I mean, look at, like, Jimmy Garoppolo, say what you want about him. He went to Eastern Illinois. You know, Carson Wentz, say what you want about him. He went to North Dakota State. You know, uh, Tom Brady was a – 
Josh Allen, Wyoming, Tom Brady was a backup from Michigan. You know, I mean, like people that have to deal with controversy and aren't surrounded by five-star athletes. And it's not like he couldn't play with them. If he stuck around at Auburn, he'd be the starter this year or it would have been the starter like Bo Nix left and was hurt. So, like, if he stuck around, he would have been the starter. But there's a tran- the transfer portal. And there's a whole what, – what conference is Liberty in? I don't even know. Hold on. Can I list, list, off, list off their yeah, schedule? So, they played – this was 20 – was 2020? Is that the year? Or am I looking for 21? They didn't play in 21. Yeah, okay. So what's the most recent? So they played Western Kentucky, FIU, North Alabama, LA Monroe, Syracuse. They beat Syracuse. Southern Miss, um, Virginia Tech, they beat uh, WCU. No idea what that is. UMass. Uh, they lost to NC State, and then they beat Coastal in overtime. So I was actually thinking about that quarterback from Coastal. Yeah, he, he's a he's a dog, actually. His name's Grayson McCall. He's actually not entering the draft. Do you mean Minshew, too? Yes. Yeah. Well, it's a crazy Joe, looking Joe, dude. If we, if we get Minshew. Oh. oh. Well, he's, he's I who him. I want. Yeah. I love Minshew. Is he under contract for the Eagles right now? Or what's it? What's the situation looking like? I've heard that he could potentially be going to Pittsburgh, especially because Pittsburgh has got some real issues now. Um, but there, there are a lot of. Uh, I mean, it's up in the so air. It, it says that he's, he's under. He's, there, he's under contract um, next season for an affordable nine hundred sixty-five thousand. If the Eagles were to trade him, they most likely would have to sign another veteran option as backup. So, yeah. I'm, I'm rolling the dice of Minshew over Garoppolo. I'm telling you that right now. Or Wentz. We Me too. About- Me too. 12 episodes ago. I'm doing that, dude. Fuck that. Yeah. What are you talking about? You believe we're on episode 70, dude. Dude, look at look at uh look up his stats really quick, please. I know he has great stats. Well, not great stats, but for the team he was on, on the Jags, he has some pretty good stats. So he does have some good stats for the record. Um, in his career, he has 41 passing touchdowns and 12 picks. Only 12 picks? Yeah. In Damn. The year with the Jaguars, he played 14 games. He only threw six picks and threw 21 touchdowns. Damn. We'll be right back after these messages from our sponsor. And now we are getting into big boy bonanza with Joe's offensive line. Last week we had Faraz's, uh, what do we call it? The NFL mock draft rankings. No, it was the uh, the quarterback class 1.0. Quarterback class 1.0. So yeah. this will be the the hog molly class 1.0. Yeah, absolutely. What we put in the bio was Faraz's favorites, which I fucking dig. And I was thinking this is Judge Joe's Jumbo Giants. Uh, Creative. Spelled Giants with a J. Um, But I'm going to get started here with my my top 10 exterior and interior offensive linemen. So starting off with number one, and, you know, there's been a lot of back and forth between these two guys, you know, up here on the screen for my friends. 
We've got the pro football rank, or pro football focus rank. We've got the Bleacher Report rank, and we've got Joe's rank. So I'll tell you what I'm thinking. I'll tell you their size, where they went to college, and where I think their best fit would be. So my first guy, my top guy is, I'm saying Evan Neal from Alabama. That dude's an absolute animal. I mean, he's fucking huge off the charts, 6'7", 350. He can move like a fucking line, like a linebacker, you know, some sort of running back. He can, he can move. He, he's, he's, he's agile in both pass and the run uh, schemes. The Jaguars would be crazy not to go with him first, um, but they'd also be crazy not to go with Hutchinson. They'd also be – I mean, the, the Jaguars have a big pick ahead of them, but they definitely need to focus on protecting Trevor Lawrence. You know, I, I think that they made a huge investment with Lawrence. They've hitched their wagon to him. I don't think there's a better pick other than Evan Neal. Um, a very, very close second – is my Akeem uh, Kwanu. Uh, I have him as my number two guy. Bleacher Report has him as the number one. Pro Football Focus has him going in the top five. I completely agree with that, with him going to the Jets. Brent, I think that that would be perfect for the Jets. Yep. You know, I I, I don't think they can... Um, Can I ask a question? Um, Is there there a big gap between those... Two guys, would you say? Not at all. Not at all. I don't think there's much of a gap between them at all. Um, we, they're very well-rounded offensive linemen. Uh, you know, with the only difference in my mind is, I guess, caliber of play week to week. You know, with quarterbacks, you know, you've got you've got the five-star offensive line in front of you, right in the SEC. With offensive line, you are that five-star offensive line going against five-star defensive line. So with Alabama or offensive linemen, Iowa offensive linemen, um, you know, other big name schools in the SEC, those guys are going against the best of the best every single week. And so that's where I think that's where I'm giving Evan Neal the slight edge over Akeem Aquanu. Um but I would say it's very close. I mean, as you can see, my rank, I got him as Akeem Kwanu. Uh, uh, I have him at two. Bleacher Report has him at one. You know, I don't think you can miss either way here. Um, but my third guy is absolutely Tyler Linda, Linderbaum. Um He's, I mean, he, he's, he's a can't miss guy. He's a top 10. I'd even, I don't think you can put him in a top five just because off interior offensive linemen, they're, they're, they're a dime a dozen, but not this guy. I mean, you know, you're looking at him like you're thinking, you know, uh, uh, Quentin Nelson, this guy is, uh, he, he takes over that interior and for the giants, They've got some serious competition in the NFC East with the interior defensive linemen. I mean, Fletcher Cox, um, you know, we've got uh, Jonathan Allen, De'Aaron Payne, uh, you know, the Cowboys defensive line. They're fucking serious about it. Dexter Lawrence. Or Demarcus. Demarcus, wait. Demarcus Lawrence. Yeah, Demarcus Lawrence. 
You're right. But he's more on the edge. But yeah. what I'm getting at is the Giants cannot go wrong with this pick. I don't think anybody in the draft, other than the Jaguars, whoever's picking second, whoever's picking fourth, whoever's or third picking fourth, I don't think they should go Lindenbaum before, uh, you know, before number five. Um, and that's just purely because he's an interior guy. You can't move him exterior. You you got to keep him in the middle three. Um, you know, with Equanu, you can potentially with his size, you can move him inside. And so that'd be more valuable pick in my opinion. Um, but Tyler Lindenbaum is, is a can't miss guy. Um, now we're getting into a little bit more of, uh, not sure territory. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've got some, I've got multiple ranks on here. As I said, you know, the pro football focus, I've got the bleacher report and I've got mine, which is the end all beat all. Um, but we've got the, we got Charles cross from Mississippi state. Once again, an sec guy, you know, big son of a bitch. Um, you know, he, he's, he's more of the, he's more of the right left tackle build. Um, you're going to have a little bit more of a hard time bringing him into the interior just because of his length. Um, so that's where I think he loses a little bit of, uh, I guess, you know, agility, uh, yeah, agility, but I mean, I, I, money wise, you know, or pick wise, I think that he loses a lot of capital, um, purely because you can't really move him inside. I, I don't want, you're on a roll here, Joe. And I, I'm loving everything you said up until this point. I have now, Joe, you talked about it a week or two ago. I love the linemen. I'm a big fan of the Mellies up front. So up until this point, because from this point on, I didn't dig as deep as you. So like, I do respect your opinion on these matters, but I did watch some film because I love Linda Baum. I love Aquanu. I think if I can get, if the Jets can come out with either of those two, they have a successful draft. Charles Cross, I watched some film. He can play uh, every position on the line. And he, he is a beast. I think he is the bottom of that. I, I would say like the top, the top tier. I would say he, he's like borderline on that top tier. So maybe give him a little bit more. Like I did watch some film and dude's a beast. He's aggressive. He runs through all the way to the whistle and then some he's mean and he can play. I, I, I saw in college, he, he did what he did play some guard and right tackle. Um, so I, I do think he's a little more versatile than maybe advertised by Mel Kuyper or the media, but I, sure. I am, I'm seeing, I, I do see what you're saying though. There's, there's some question marks cause there always are, you know, big jump from the, from college to the NFL, but I didn't mean to interrupt cause you've been, Firing on all cylinders. <laughs> no, you're good, my man. I mean, that's what this podcast is about. It's not the guy who talks about sports. This is the guys who talk about sports. With an offensive line, you gotta have you gotta have, you know, your anchors. There, there's a reason that the left tackle is, you know, paid so well is because that has that absolutely has to be locked down. There's no question about it. it. Has to be locked down, and if it's not, you're going to have trouble. Now, oh yeah, 
Now, I 100% agree that the interior, especially with players on the field, such as Aaron Donald, you know, like uh, Jonathan Allen, you know, like these game uh, Grady from uh, Atlanta, um, you know, these these absolute animals, you know, these, these guys who can blow up plays, you have to have a good, solid interior offensive line. But I think – and. Fries, I don't mean to be rude, but I think that it has to start with the tackles. Um, everywhere else you can fill in, the tackles are the most important. And that's why they get paid the most. That's why they're the number one guys overall. Um, but I agree with you. I mean, if you have a strong interior, you're going to be a lot better off. You know, a strong interior in an okay tackle situation is a good situation. A strong tackle situation and an okay interior situation is much, much better. Yeah, no. Yes. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's a great point. To, to your point, Joe, and it's kind of like the opposite of how, like, in the sense of building an offense and a defense, you kind of want to work your way out, you know, in, in terms of you build the line, then you get the receivers, then you get the running back. Well, it all starts with the, you get the quarterback, then the line, then the receivers, and the running back, and so mm-hmm. on and so on. Um, this is a little bit different in terms of you work your way from out to in, in terms of linemen, you know, you, you got to protect the edge cliche to say you protect the blind side, you know, like that's just kind of like the way it is. You do need to protect their blind side. Like boomer size and almost got killed one time. Joe Thousman, you saw what happened to him. Like there's a reason the list goes on and on. It's a cliche because he got to, you saw what happened to Burrow last year. Yeah. So you work your way in, you go from out to in tackle to guard to center so that's kind of like why i i wouldn't be mad with getting a kwanu obviously because then you got the left tackle and the right tackle if anything happens to becton fant his backup who came in only gave up one sack the entire year so they're in a controversy this year because makai becton has a lot of question marks and then you get Vera Tucker, and if we get Lin- if we get Linda Baum or Aquanu, I'm happy. Yeah you guys are going to have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL if you yes. get either one if you know football, you know how important an offensive line is, how important a pass rusher is, how important a, a cornerback is, on top of the obvious of how important a quarterback is. Yeah, but mm-hmm. offensive linemen deserve their flat. Dude, yeah. You, That's you gotta, why I'm we saying. Gotta get, yeah, yeah. We got to get props, man, because they do the grunge work. They do the dirty work. They never get recognized for it. And they're, they're the reason why things get done at the end of the day. Right And, like, Joe, I respect you for playing linemen. And I I respect your opinion on the game because you do understand how to play linemen and, like, what it takes to, you know. I mean, you play with the best of the best at good counsel. Yeah, I mean, it it was – it was a it was a great experience. And I'm I'm trying to take, you know, that that experience. And, you know, even though, you know, we we played with guys who are – currently in the nfl for offensive line sam must for a shout out i know that you're a patreon subscriber so uh you know come on the pod bud um but you know i'm I'm just i'm just trying to give my best opinion here i've i've done i've done a lot of research checked into all of these guys and um you know I'm, i'm i'm basing my opinions off of quite a few mock drafts quite a few rankings um and, and, and this is what I've come up with. So um, speaking specifically back to Charles Cross, 
You know, I, I, I totally agree with you, Brent. I think that he is, he he's able to go back and forth here. I think that on the NFL side of this, he, he may be, he may actually, you know, thinking twice about it. He may be an interior guy. I mean, it quite frankly, hard. I don't know. Whichever team he goes to, I think that he'll, I think that he's going to prosper at, um, but you never know what they're going to do with them. And I will say it is tough. It's kind of like an NBA basketball situation where like, you don't know if like a guy's shot is going to transfer over. You don't know how a guy's agility is going to transfer over from college to the league. Cause it is a faster game. Everyone can run a four, five, four, six. You know what I mean? Everyone on the field mm-hmm. is fast, strong, the best of the best. So I do see your point in terms of, Making the jump, maybe he might not be able to play right guard or whatever, but the best line, I feel like throughout the year, a lot of linemen get shifted over to different positions due to injuries. Exactly. No, you're 100% right. And you see that all over the league, everywhere. I mean, we we saw it with the commanders or with the Washington football team last year. I have a question about Brendan Sheriff. So, uh, you guys brought it up a couple weeks ago about how you 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 guys have always liked him, right? But yeah, loved him. Has, I mean, he's gone. He's gone. I know he's gone. Yeah, I like ha, him a lot. Have though. injuries really been a concern over the last couple of years? Yeah. 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 Because you were saying the Jets should sign him. I brought that up to my dad. He hated the idea because of the injuries. But we have a lot of cap space, so I figure maybe why not? Maybe give it a chance. He's good when he's, yeah. when he's on the field. Good when he's on the. No, I yeah, believe it. That's a, He's actually really good. He's definitely been one of our best players these past couple of weeks, like consistently. hundred percent. But like, yeah, injuries. It's crazy too, because like, I I think he didn't start off with injuries. Like he was fine. He got like one bad injury, and ever since that, like he's been getting hurt again. So like, yeah, he's getting older too. Yeah, and we did we did offer him a contract to be the highest paid. Guard in the league. I wouldn't be against the Jets signing him. We we need a right. He's a right guard, right? Yeah, he's a right guard. We need a right guard because we have a left guard with Vera Tucker. Joe, you want to finish your list, buddy? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Faraz, back to our point. It's Schweizer. Yeah. Wes Schweizer or something like that. I've got a hell of a list. I've got a hell of a list. So I I can't I can't really uh, get get that Schweizer Schweizer. Um, anyways, the next guy I got on here is my number five guy. I've got Bernard Raymond um, out of Central Michigan. You know, a big sum bitch. Uh, I think that he'd be best suited with the Titans. Guys, I'm not sure if the Titans are going to stick with our with our good friend over at uh, Bussin' with the Boys. What are your What are your thoughts on that? I mean, he really? hasn't. Quite frankly, okay. You know, what? I'm going to be very honest about this. He has not lived up to the hype. Wow. He's injured all the time, and when he is playing, he's just okay. I respect it. You know, I I, I haven't really watched him play, but I know he's been getting hurt a lot. Yeah, and 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 you can't hold injuries against a guy, but. When it comes to business, business is business. You you got to start looking to the future. What do you guys think? Are we talking about Taylor Lewan? 
We are. We're talking about. Okay. We're okay. talking about you, the bussing guys. What do you think about the phrase "the best ava- uh, the best ability is availability"? I agree with that one hundred percent. One hundred percent. There's no. There's no substitute for cleats on the field. No substitute that's, for it. That's why I sort of give Kirk Cousins props because that man has never gotten hurt once. I'm pretty sure the only game he missed was because he got COVID. Yeah, but he's never he's never got one hurt. thing to take into the, into consideration too. The average uh, NFL career is what, what three years? Three. three? Yeah, I don't think it's four. Yeah, I, I think it might be less than three now, like two and a half, like two and two point seven five, something like that. Like the fact that he's been at the top of his game and he did have injuries. He's coming off the the ACL and then he got knocked out cold. He's had like four uh concussions like like certified concussions i guess so like he is nearing towards the end of his career so it it it's not it's not it's it's a debate for sure i mean we'll see this next year how he comes back but like you know i mean a lot of these guys are calling it quits because of head injuries jordan, like jordan reed's career basically ended because of concussions to the jordan reed point faraz you weren't actually a part of the podcast when we made a plea to Jordan Reed to retire, we begged him to retire. We begged we him to bring that back out. Brent, if you could edit that in there. So, Zach and I lost the the bet last week when we picked the Broncos over the Seahawks. The wager, baby. The wager. Um, Falcons, the Falcons. It was over the Falcons. And you know what? Why don't we just get this out of the way? So, if I if I understand this correctly, Brent, are we supposed to be begging Jordan Reed to retire, or what's what's going on? Not exactly retire, because you know every man is free to make his own decisions. But I I'm not sure Jordan Reed is exactly aware of the CTE stats, or you know the dangers of multiple concussions in the NFL, because why is he still playing? Yeah. It's so, so yeah, I I can start off right now. Uh, Jordan Reed, uh, I will say, um, just hang up the cleats, man. It's it's time. Uh, You had a good little run here in Washington. And I will say, I saw you get lit up across the middle once too many. Okay. I don't know if it's because we, you know, had some shitty quarterbacks during your crossing routes, but. Man, you got your head taken off like a bajillion times, and it was even one of them was in a preseason game. I don't get, don't even be started about that. I can't believe that you got a freaking concussion during that. Like, that is absurd. So please, Jordan, if you can, just just hang them up, man. It, it, it's time. Jordan, there's some... a there's a documentary about a Florida tight end who had too many concussions, and uh, he. Um, He's not with us anymore, but I don't want to see you end up in a similar way. So, Jordan, from the guys who talk about sports and CTE podcast, I would love for you to hang up the cleats. Yes. Joe, uh, sidetrack, did you listen last week when I edited your rant back in there? I did. I fucking loved it. I enjoyed it so much. I forgot how angry I got. I, I had to look for it for like a, uh, like a day or two because 
Oh, oh shit. I was like, I know it was one of these days. We have to do a best of, in our best of. It has to be our top rants. My Tom Wilson rant, your rant, and uh, we we got to get Zach. We got to get yeah, Zach. We got to get Zach angry. Frost just walked out. We, we got to get, get them Frost angry. Just walked out of the room. We got to get them to blow up one time. Exactly. Those are the best. Well, honestly, the- I could have I could have seen the Tom Wilson rant coming from a mile away with you. Oh yeah. You guys were poking the bear and like I wasn't even on that pod. I wasn't even on that episode. Oh, dude. I heard about it. That one back in. Dude. Yes. It was. But we did come out on a victory against the Rangers. I know Brent has a couple words about about the hero Tom Wilson. So Brent, what do you gotta say? You just called this man a hero. He's being added to our Tony Adams the Schmuck of the Week. No, I don't think Tony's. I don't think Tony's gonna have the Schmuck. I have a yeah, that's, that's not gonna happen. You yeah. guys fucking know. Just because he gets under your man. skin doesn't mean no. He's no, the no, week. no, no, no. Because and everybody no, I really else, did, I really did he's, like Tom he's Wilson. One don't of those players me. that don't, every don't interrupt everybody me. loves it. I really <laughs> did like Tom Wilson, but the man's fucking dirty. The man is a menace to society, and he needs to be stopped. NHL, do something about this man. He got a fucking slap on the wrist. He's cheap-shotting a guy when a fight's over, hitting his head against the back of the ice. Panarin, who's not in the fight, comes over to pull him off. To pull him off. To end the fight. Like tons of people do all the fucking time. What does he do? He slams him by his hair on his fucking head. Fuck you. That shit's fucked up. He could have killed him. Dude, that like look, man, he's not fucked. There's a there's a line you don't fucking cross. There is a line you do not cross, and he crossed it. Dude, fighting, I'm all for. You know, they're all fighting. I didn't appreciate the cheap shots on the other guy on the ground, but I'll accept it. I can see it. Your your guy, your guy, your guy was spearing the goalie. Fuck your goalie, dude. Do you think they're (laughs) gonna let up now? They're coming all after the everyone. They're coming after it fucking happens all the time. All the time. Happen- dude, it's heating up. Dude, it's don't the get playoffs. thrown on their head fucking- all the time. He almost fuck. He could have gotten killed. He could have broke his neck. Have you guys even I mean, watched he, it? He, I did. I did. Watch I did. It, I, I was watching. I watched it. It, it was definitely it questionable. Fucking time. It, it was wasn't definitely qu- questionable. There was nothing questionable but- about it. But I don't think he didn't get suspended. He got five thousand dollars fine. He's not a villain. He should have gotten suspended for the rest of the year. Playoffs. There are millions of other players in the NHL who have made their living doing that exact same thing. Dude, they just don't have no the name goons that anymore, Tom Wilson but goons does. go after other goons. You don't go after star players. People don't go after Ovechkin. Panarin, Panarin went after him. Yeah, he Panarin was going after him. did not go after him. So you know who you pick, though, when you're going after in a fight. You, you see, okay, 43. You break up a fight. He was already cheap-shotting somebody else on the ground. He's pulling him off. They weren't fighting. If he was... if. Panarin started a fight with him and he got his ass knocked out. I wouldn't be saying shit. But you guys, everybody sit. I know you guys are fucking Caps fans, so your piece is a shit. But even you guys should see that that shit, that's a line that he, he crossed the line. Did he not? Did he not cross just, the line? It's just, it's just upsetting starting to like, make the playoffs. I don't give a fuck if they're not making the playoffs. He could have killed our best player. Anything happens on skates. Look, that's all I'll say. That's so, not, like, I no. Understand. Anything does not happen on skates. When you are in like rough enough, show after, me the last time a guy go got slammed on his head like that. Show you go me the for last a face time wash. every a single guy... time you go for a face wash. So because you're lost, he was pulling shit. him off. 
He was pulling him off to end the fight because the fight was over. Steve, what do you think? You haven't said anything. I'll yell at you next. I heard the junkies talking about it this morning, and they were against Tom Wilson, which I was really surprised about. I was like, damn, even the junkies are going after this dude? Like, they defend anybody Washington sports. I was like, this must be terrible. I look at a video of it, not that bad. Like he it's gave not him, that like, bad. One, it's not that him, bad. Like, it is that bad. It's not that bad. He fell over. He did not fall over. He threw him on his head. And then Stop acting like this. No. He threw him on his head. That wasn't even the guy he was fighting. Why would he do that? He like jumped on his back. He wasn't stopping the fight. They were throwing hands. See, that's they what they threw hands. That's what they did not throw hands. Pull up the video. Yo, Have you even watched yo, it? Gonna, I'm literally no, watching it right now. I'm literally this. watching it right now. He did not jump up on his back. <clears throat> Tom Wilson was bent over, cheap shotting some dude, hitting his head off the ice, literally hitting this man's skull into the ice from the back of his head. So Panarin comes up to grab him and then lifts up a little bit because Tom Wilson's bent over. He literally comes to grab him and stop him from fucking cheap-shotting his teammate, and then he gets cheap-shotted. Dude, the only time I have ever actively been, like, angry and yelling, and they were just goading me. They were goading me, and I knew they were goading me. It's hilarious. I knew they were wrong. And the next week, you came on, and you were like, no, nah. like, you started going with them, and I was like, no, 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 we're not doing this. Not <laughs> we're not doing this, this again. All right, and the next guy that I got on my big man bonanza, my Judge Joe Giant Jubilee, we got uh, we got our boy Kenyon Green, our interior exterior boy from Texas A and M. I mean, that guy is an absolute animal. If he goes to the Cowboys, I'm going to be pissed, but that's probably his best landing spot. I mean, you know, the Cowboys have got a phenomenal offensive line. They can only improve from here. Quite frankly, I don't think the Cowboys really have anywhere else to address other than maybe a secondary spot. So I'd, I'd go Cowboys here with an offensive line. I'd be fucking livid if they went for him here. But it is what it is. It is the draft. Uh, my next spot. So a lot of people don't think that Daniel Falali, maybe Falili, um, out of Minnesota, are 6'9". Yeah, you didn't hear me incorrectly. 6'9", 380 offensive tackle. He's a cusp guy when it comes to first, second round, purely because of his size and the lack of kind of, you know, evidence that we have of his ability. I'm not sure where, where he'd fit best. I, quite, I, don't, I mean, quite frankly, the Bengals, the Dolphins, any team looking for an offensive lineman couldn't go wrong with our guy here. Um, my next guy that I've got is Max Mitchell out of Louisiana, 6'6", 300 pounds. Definitely a first-round talent. I think the Bengals should go after him, especially with the – I think they've got the 30 or 29th pick. Not sure there, but they definitely need to bolster that offensive line. I mean, they got embarrassed in the in the Super Bowl, just flat out. They got embarrassed, and for them to have gone with Jamar Chase over an All Pro like Rashawn Slater, don't know if that was going to put them into the Super Bowl win or if it you know would have 
completely taken them out of it. Hindsight's 2020. You can never really tell what happens when you just do the what ifs, but I don't think the Bengals should miss out on another player like Rashawn Slater, um, like Sewell, like Vera Tucker. Um, and that's where I'm putting my guy, Max Mitchell at. Um, he's, 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 you know, as I said, he's, he's not, he, he's six, six, three, 300 pounds. He's a big fucking dude. Um, but just like Carl's or Charles cross, he can, he can go in, he can go out. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to stick with him here at my eight guy. Uh, number nine, I've got Trevor Penning out of Northern Iowa, six, seven, three twenty-one pound first round talent without a doubt. Um, I think the dolphins couldn't go wrong picking them, uh, whenever they have their pick last I checked, they had a pick at 30. Um, I got to check that again after this, uh, you know, moving forward with trades and such, but that's my guy at number nine. And then last, but certainly not least, I've got Zion Johnson, one of my other interior guys out of Boston college, good ACC talent, second round guy. I'm not, I'm not going to try to determine where he would go, but I think that he'd be a benefit in a lot of places. So that's been Judge Joe's giant Jew Belie, Jabanza, Big Boy Bonanza, Alica Flanza. That's what we got going. So I appreciate you guys. And that was Joe's offensive lineman rankings 1.0. You had Faraz's 1.0 last week. We'll have the Mojo Man's 1.0 next week. And Zach's the week after. And after that, I guess we'll have Faraz's 2.0 after that. So there's, there's a lot. Is it mock draft coming up, maybe? Mock draft coming up. I mean, we got a lot on the horizon. We've got a lot on the horizon. Honestly, I'm so fucking stoked about this podcast. I love this shit so much. All right, and that does it for another episode of The Guys Who Talk About Sports. Make sure to tune in next week. We've got episode 71. So please take some time to leave us a review. Uh, Subscribe. And again... Please make sure to follow us on Twitter at Guys Talk Sports with two Z's and Instagram at Guys Talk Sports 101. Finally, we'd like to give a shout out to our brand new sponsor. Quite frankly, we're very excited about the partnership with Compass Rose Brewery in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, If you live in the Raleigh area or if you don't, you are more than welcome to stop and at the tap room or order online at compassrosebrewery.com checking out our wide variety of beer Um, so once again thank you to compass rose brewery for sponsoring us as well as thank you to anchor the best place to start and make a podcast to get it out to the world if you have a thought if you have an idea get it on to anchor they will send it out to the people who need to hear it Once again, thank you all for tuning in. Faraz, you got a college for us. Talk to me. All right, so, guys, we got a name, an NFL player who went to Vanderbilt. Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler, fuck you. I said it first. (laughs) Damn it. Oh, no. Actually, you might have gotten it. We got to get a... Oh, shit, Joe. I fucking hate Vanderbilt. Joe hates... Yeah, I don't know. Like you, you haven't, I don't know if you were on 
Joe has a long, oh. he had a streak where it was like at least 10 episodes in a row where he absolutely shredded Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt should not be in the fucking SEC, okay? I've had it with their fucking over the Harvard of the South. You can go fuck yourselves, okay, Vanderbilt? No Harvard of the South, you fucking bitches. Yeah, you can go take your baseball bats that you guys think that you're good at baseball. ECU is 10 times the team that you fucking are. You You guys can take your whole fucking school and go up north, go to the fucking Massachusetts area. You don't belong down south. Go fuck yourself. Self Vanderbilt, go! F- I hate them so much. I don't believe that they should be a school with athletics. Wow! Wow! So Joe's he slid in another rant. That's another one that's going to be in the right there down, right there down. Best. I'm, uh, I'm doubling be- down. Joe, Joe, we compilation have- rant. I'm Joe, I'm glad, Joe. Stick Joe, by your guns. We gotta have a Joe's rant. Also, we can no, have a, we're, we're, rant too. You know, no, we're gonna about we're, something every week. So oh, you second. you stepped out. We're we're gonna have a compilation of the best rants of all time okay. on this show. It's gonna be my Tom Wilson one. It's gonna be Joe's now second one. His first one was Kenny Pickett slide. We're 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 gonna, we're gonna me and Joe are gonna come together. And we're gonna start goading you. We need to get yeah. We're, we're gonna start pissing you guys off. All right, let's do that because. I think, <laughs> all right. If I'm not mistaken, did I not go off a little bit about the commander's name? Oh, you did. Yeah, hundred percent. Did I was pissed off? And, you yeah. know, find anything we talk about Washington because I've been pissed off with them a lot recently. Yeah, I don't know. I've been I mean, big Kevin, time pissed Kevin, off. But but there's been like I was full blown yelling about the Tom Wilson oh. situation. Oh. Right. I'm already getting loaded in this one. But but Wilson. Joe, back to the Vanderbilt. Uh, Casey Hayward. Oh, I didn't know Casey Hayward went there. Bada bing. I dig that. Would you tell Casey Hayward to his face what you what how you feel about Vanderbilt? Absolutely not. <laughs> but I would behind his back. <laughs> I would on a podcast you know where he has no idea who I am. <laughs> that's a business decision right there. Exactly. For us. The 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 I think the criteria, I don't think my Vanderbilt rant is going to go into that than those all-time rants the the criteria for the rant is legitimate anger like yeah like passion like, yeah like trust i me. told i told my younger brother to go fuck himself me, me too he said you you both can go fuck yourself and the best part about it is me and zach were in full laughter yeah, like just laughing at him like we we know like like because i've been there and i was like oh we got him, baby. Like we got him. Like okay, I, 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 I like unhinged. I was living. I, I was calling him Grandpa. It so, was perfect. I, I think your guys' best opportunity to catch me doing one of those is like if I'm watching like a game live. Oh yeah, doing Instagram live. That's what. That's that's where you're gonna get me doing that. Unless it's something very bad. I don't know. But like. Ah, shit. We'll see what happens with the draft quarterback-wise. Like, if week one going in, like, our starting quarterback, like, trust me, you're going to get something. And also, I don't want to fake it, you know? I want it to be No, it, it's got to be genuine. Yeah, like, both know? times. Yeah, trust me. Yeah, both both times, is. like, for me, my family texted me. was like, what are you angry about? Yeah. What Like, who did something to you? Yeah. And then I was like, oh, no, it was Tom Wilson's situation. And then with Joe, his significant other was literally Tom just Wilson like. Tom Wilson really got you that heated? When he. <laughs> no, 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 
you almost got me. Oh, man. Uh, I'm not going to get into that. I think that does it. Yeah, Faraz, did you name one? Yeah, I, I thought I got. I thought I stuck in Jay uh, Cutler before. Jay. No, you didn't. Joe got Jay. Wait, didn't Aaron Rodgers' uh, brother go there? Dunce cap. I know his brother was on like the Bachelor. Or Jordan, uh, Jordan Rodgers. Doesn't Aaron Rodgers have beef with his brother? His yeah. Whole family. His whole family. All right, guys. For yeah. Oz, Dunce of the week. That does it for another episode yeah. of the guys talk about sports. Be sure to tune in next week for episode 71. Um, have a great weekend of, I guess, NBA uh, sports. And we will see you next week. We ain't that going nowhere. We ain't.